0: Hey,
1: Jim. How are you doing today? Hi, Ralph. I'm doing just fine. How about you? I'm doing well. Okay. Well, today we're going to take a look at something that's kind of interesting. Um, and we're going to take a look at uh, the upcoming Christmas season. And they both have to do with with stress.
0: Okay. And one of the things that we uh, found was a, a very interesting article that talked about the fact that Uh, if you are suffering from depression, uh, bipolar bipolar illness, or you're on the schizophrenic uh, spectrum, the chances are pretty good that should you contract COVID-19, what you're going to experience will be worse than people who do not fall into one of those mental disorders. Now, one of the things we can ask, Jim, is why should uh, a disorder of, of thinking or feeling influence the way our body responds to a viral illness?
1: Yes, that is an excellent question. And the study, to, and to be honest, uh, says that there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions and that uh, the, the whole discussion is uh, pretty incomplete. Um, but it gets us back to the mind-body connection, that things that go on in the mind are influenced by the body or things that go on in the body influence the mind, influence uh, emotions. I yeah. know, have you ever been ever been sick, Ralph?
0: I have uh, had childhood illnesses, one of them a quite serious fever. I've been very fortunate in that I have not got really bad flus or or colds or anything like that in my adult life although I have of course had a cold or or had a a flu which was fairly mild. Okay well some people when they get sick
1: um, get uh, down they get depressed yeah so that's an example of the body influencing the mind but what about turning it around you know do we have some uh, uh, at least anecdotal information about how the mind could affect the body? And well, I think the answer is yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a a, a neuropsychologist in, from uh, New York who did a study when COVID uh, was raging through New York, and what she found was that if you were subject to one of those three mental illnesses, the chances were uh, about one and a half times greater that you would die or have a very, very serious illness. Uh, and if you factored out things like smoking and age and diabetes and so on and so forth and just looked at the raw numbers, it was about two times more likely.
1: Huh, interesting. You know, this is. New data, and there are meta studies that are coming out also. But uh, I go back thinking about one of the first behavioral medicine conferences that I ever attended. It was up in Canada, it was in um, Vancouver. And the keynote speaker was a man who uh, has written a book called Anatomy of an Illness from the Point of View of the Patient. And uh, his name is Norman Cousins. And he got a diagnosis, I think, in the 19. 60s, of um, a collagen uh, disorder, uh, which essentially meant the connective tissues in his body were uh, uh, decaying, and he was going to fall apart and die a horrible death. And he was given about, my recollection is, about six months or so to live, and uh, uh, he was on heavy-duty painkillers, uh, stuff that would cause you or I to go pain-free for eight hours or so, would only give him an hour or so, you know, uh, relief. So he's in pretty, pretty bad shape. Uh, so there's this guy who gets the diagnosis in uh, uh, the, the, the 60s and uh, I look at him and he's on the stage in, uh, at the conference talking about his illness and he sure looks alive to me. Yeah. Yeah, and that was about 1980 or so when we just began to scratch the surface. Of the relationship between mind and and body. Up to that point, if you asked uh, a physician, uh, maybe even a psychologist, what the relationship was between mind and body, they might say, well, it's about 90% body, um, uh, 10% mind. But the interesting thing here is that we had uh, uh, presenter after presenter. Uh, I remember Meyer Friedman was there, the guy who uh, uh, founded the concept of type A behavior. He was there presenting his data from the 50s, and uh, we began to hear uh, respected professionals talking about a not a 90-10 body mind, but a 90-10 mind body, which was you know quite
0: yeah and, dra-
1: dramatic at the time.
0: And one of the examples that comes from that period of time when we had. Um, maybe less effective drugs to fight cancers. Um, A lot of people uh, when given a diagnosis with cancer said oh that's a death sentence and they just kind of put that in their mind and sure enough they died. Where some other people said I can beat this. I'm positive I can beat this and you know the power of positive thinking to quote the title of an old book uh, they did
1: mm-hmm yeah so you know it's real possible that your emotions particularly if your our emotions are, are negative could affect um, your, uh, your your physical health that your mental health could affect your your physical health uh, depression I would see uh, bipolar I could see I'm not sure about schizophrenia Uh, Except, you know, maybe uh, we have more risky behavior uh, with uh, people with that disorder. But I'm not even sure that that's the case. So like the study says, there's a lot that we don't know, even though there's a little bit that we're sort of honing in on at the present time. Like why do some people get sick? Some people get very sick. Some people die. And other people seemingly uh, are immune to, say, COVID-19.
0: Yeah, and one of the, uh, the examples of that, Jim, that uh, goes back to my childhood, when smallpox was still uh, a potential scourge of the Western world, and everybody was uh, getting vaccinated for smallpox. And if you look at people now who are in their mid-60s to, uh, oh, 80. And you say, do you have a smallpox vac- vaccination scar? They can show it to you. They could show it to yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Mine's right over here. Uh, most people got it on their upper arms. Some people got it on the buttocks. Uh, I had it three times. Oh, yeah? How come? Well, I had it, and the doctor looked at me and said it didn't take. Oh, okay. Then he did it again, and a week later he said it didn't take. He did it a third time. It didn't take, and he said to my parents, Ralph is naturally immune from smallpox.
1: Yeah, and you have not had smallpox ever since. Hey, ever, yeah. When you went to China, did you have to get a smallpox vaccination? No. Okay. When Sheila and I went to uh, Africa, we had to get a smallpox vaccination again. Again, yeah. yeah. So, But I think that I probably have a natural immunity you know. also. Um, so, you know, maybe there's something... To this thing about being positive Ralph, being upbeat, being uh, uh, optimistic. You know, maybe Seligman's got something with positive psychology.
0: Could you think possibly? I think definitely. And the, uh, the thing is that um, if you feel good about yourself and good about your life, um, now that does not mean that you have to be successful financially, or you have to be um, great at your, uh, your job. Uh, let's face it, some of us work in factory jobs where the difference between great, good, fair, and poor is virtually indistinguishable, <laughs> um, except that if you're poor long enough, you don't get promoted, uh, and you end up sweeping the mill like Jim and I did as students uh, in the steel mill, But you know, if if you're feeling good about yourself, uh, the chances are that you will do better at fighting off illnesses, and you'll be happier.
1: Okay, so put a smile on your face, uh, get some uh, oh yeah, get some happy music. You know, I really like that um, music video called Happy. Mm-hmm. and happy uh, da, 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 zippity-doo-dah zippity-day you know that kind of stuff that kind of you know brings you up um, I was uh, talking to a client yesterday uh, and uh, this was an 11 year old boy and I played some uh, piano music some relaxing piano music and he said I said how do you how do you like that and he said oh, it kind of makes me tired and I said you know it's not making you tired it's relaxing you I said you're your brain is going like this all the time. And He says, "Yeah, yeah." yeah and, and so then I played some uh, hip hop stuff, and I said, "What? Uh, how do you like that?" He said, "I, yeah, I really like that. I, yeah, I can understand that. That's good stuff." Oh, yup, yeah, yeah. And he was
0: just—that's
1: how he was talking.
0: He was yeah, talking yeah. like like uh, bouncing. Yeah, bouncing off the walls almost literally. Yeah, right. And
1: so in in his case, one of the things that we did. You know, I taught him some relaxation exercises, some con- you know, contracting the muscles and then releasing. But we also put some music into the into the uh, program. Now, if he'll remember to do these kinds of things when he's feeling like he's bouncing off the wall, that's going to be good. But sometimes we forget. Yeah. You know? And so what we have to do, and he and I talked about it, he's got to practice these things so that when he does get uh, overwhelmed, uh, it becomes second nature, to just go into the relaxation mode.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we, we talked about uh, Christmas uh, early in the broadcast, and one of the things that happens around Christmas for a lot of people is they get totally wound up in the shoulds, musts, and um, I don't have enough.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a biggie around Christmas time. Uh, people tend to occasionally, at least, become depressed. Now we can think of it as maybe going along with seasonal affective disorder. But I think if you take a look at the United States, we live in a place that's pretty dark right now. Uh, after about five o'clock in the evening, and it stays dark until about well, eight o'clock the next day. So we've got you know quite a few hours of darkness and not that many hours of, of light. When I lived in the UP in the winter time, the sun would come up at, or out at 9 o'clock and would be going down at 3 o'clock and certainly the incidence of seasonal affective disorder was really, really high there. Yeah. But I would bet if we went to uh, maybe Arizona, we could see uh, uh, depression that wouldn't be linked to a seasonal affective uh, disorder because they have you know quite a lot more light i suppose yeah. than, than we do so that the depression has you know is is related to something else and i think you hit the nail on the head it's uh, when you say it's i don't have enough i i must i should uh-huh, i yeah. have to yeah i have to select the uh, neatest uh, most uh uh, uh uh groovy gift for my uh five year old right yeah I,
0: and uh you know, what am I going to get for my wife? She she, uh, you know, she's got exquisite taste and I've got a beer budget and, <laughs> you know, uh, or vice versa for the husband. You want to do something really nice for them. Um, and the other thing is that this is the season of rush, rush, hurry, hurry. Yeah. And, of course, you get... You get out in your car and you start uh, driving somewhere. Maybe it's uh, you're in a, a fairly major city and to get to the mall you want to go uh, to is a 45-minute drive. And every idiot in the world is out on the road in front of you and they're changing lanes erratically and they're going too slow or they're going too fast. I or... resemble that remark. Yeah. And, you know, uh, people get themselves wound up into an incredible tizzy, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, when, right. when they're they're in that and they're saying, uh, look, I've only got an hour left to shop and I, you know, and you're a, um, rah, rah. <laughs> and the next thing you know, there's a, a road raid in, incident, or if there isn't, the person pulls into the parking lot at the mall and goes, oh, my chest is hurting. <laughs> Oops, yeah. You right. know, uh, and... The thing is that we we mock this meme sometimes, but uh if we go back to the second world war and and you think of the um the saying that the Brits had, keep calm and carry on oh, that's a is that's a uh, Second World War saying, is it? It is, yeah. I see that on t-shirts today. Yes, it it came back. It had a new renaissance. And, and you know, the thing is that there's an amazing amount of truth in it. That, mm-hmm. You know. Keep if, calm. Keep calm. And carry on. And carry on. So, you know, uh, and the other thing I think that's, that's true, Jim, is a lot of people, including me, uh, we make, um, Christmas much too complicated.
1: Now, what do you mean by that? Give it a give. Give me some legs for that one.
0: Well, uh, you know, you've you've got to have uh, eight packages under the tree for each family member. You've got to have a stocking for each family member. You've got to uh, have all the right food and drink to make you the great host. You've got you've got you've got etc. Yeah, okay. etc. Et and and the thing is um your your wife sent out a thing Jim, that I thought was really great about how to how to simplify Christmas, how to slow down and simplify it.
1: Yeah, she sent this out particularly to uh, homeschooling families. Um, you know that uh, Sheila and I have a curriculum company called Living Books Curriculum and uh, uh, Sheila, for the most part, uh, along with their uh, son-in-law, Emanuel uh, uh, contribute most of the 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 uh, written work for it but yeah this one that came out for uh, for simplifying Christmas was for for homeschoolers I think there were three things one call off school call off homeschool yeah, yeah. number two was read together and she had a whole list of things to read that had a, a Christmas orientation to them you know you uh, and then the the third one was, look at great art together. Now, I think a lot of parents would would say, okay, I can call off um, a school, and yeah, I, we can find some books, but boy, I don't understand very much about art. And I think yeah. she gives some some tips as to how you might you know, sit down with your kid and begin to look at a piece of art. Yeah, uh, and that's going to calm you down. It's like the kid who is listening to uh, the piano music and he says, oh, I'm getting tired. No, he's relaxing. Yeah. Your kid also might not know how to uh, uh, analyze a piece of art. But you know, I took an art appreciation class at the local ArtReach a number of years ago and I didn't know anything about uh, appreciating art. And the person who was instructing uh, gave us all sorts of uh, uh, rules and regulations for how you appreciate a piece of art i didn't internalize one of them but i can look at a piece of art and say hey this is kind of this, i like this yeah you know, it's got it's it's you know why do you like it jim you no know, i don't know it's uh peaceful it's calming it's whatever you know?
0: yeah yeah and you know one of the one of the things that um a lot of us may think, when we think of reading to our kids, we may think of like our our four- and five-year-olds, and okay, so you're reading them the night before Christmas, and you're reading them the Grinch, and you're reading them all the children's classic stuff. But Sheila had some uh, some things that were more suited to adolescence yeah and there is, there are Christmas stories out there that uh, are much more suited for an older group um teenagers and and tweens and so on that and really to be perfectly candid with you, I'm not sure that it's it's the content of what you're reading. Or it's simply the act of spending time together.
1: The process, I think. The process, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely correct with with that one. So you can can extrapolate. If you're uh, looking at yourself, you're looking at your family, you're not a homeschooling family. But uh, number one, Sheila said, uh, call off the homeschool. Well, we're not going to call off Christmas, probably. Although John Grisham wrote a book called, I think, it was called "Calling Off Christmas." Yeah, and uh, it's just a, it's a kind of a novelette. It's not a a full novel, and uh, it's kind of interesting reading. And I, you can probably get it. Or I'm sure you can get it at, on Amazon, um, and who knows, maybe it's on YouTube as as well. But so you're not going to call off Christmas. But hey, lower your expectations. Uh, remember that Christmas is not necessarily designed to help companies. Um, uh, uh get into the black on their budget uh, yeah. uh, sheet i mean yeah, yeah. black friday has become synonymous with something or other well
0: yeah the start of the christmas blitz where everybody runs out and and buys and i mean let's face it 30% of the goods that are bought uh, on um, on the market are sold around christmas time mhm Yeah.
1: And certainly if we look at uh, uh, television, you know, we will be enticed to buy the biggest, the better, the newest, uh, you know, the the thing, whatever it is with the most bells and whistles. So we can just kind of relax with that one. And then what would we, what would we do? Well, we'll spend time with the family. Now, if you're not going to read, um, I don't know, what about Baking cookies together. Now you might say, Ralph, no, that's a bad idea because you're going to eat the
0: cookies. Well, yeah. I just ate a cookie, and so a little bit of <laughs> cookie is not going to kill you. Okay. But but here's here's the thing, Jim, that it's it's doing things together, mm-hmm. whether it's baking or um, sewing or even uh, watching a movie. Okay. You know, and and Lord knows there's. Uh, Uh, 57 different varieties of Christmas movies all the way from Christmas horror movies to Christmas happy Uh movies. And I would stick to the happy movie end of things, Mm -hmm. uh, you know.
1: Yeah, where I was going to go with the cookie thing is that after you've made your cookies and after you've decorated your cookies, find somebody or some organization that is going to uh, Benefit from your cookies. You yeah, know, eat, yeah, eat the one cookie that you have just devoured, but take the other 37 cookies to your church uh, to uh, an organism. Well in our uh, um, church, we have a uh, a cookie ministry to the jail. Okay, a- and we have one of our, our um, uh, Church leaders who organizes it and he collects, you know, cookies and we bring cookies in and everybody in the in the county jail gets a plate full of cookies no, okay no uh, razor blades in the cookies no uh,
0: no files no
1: files or hacksaw blades yeah uh and for some of the uh, folks in the jail that'll be the only acknowledgement of, of christmas
0: yeah and and one of the things uh jim that is also true like virtually every town has uh has at least one homeless shelter. Okay. Yeah. And uh, taking in uh, baking or or cooking something that you have have made, uh, you know, something as simple as a big pot of chili, taking it in and saying, uh, "Hey, uh, contribution to your your meal service tonight."
1: Mm-hmm. You know, that's an interesting concept, Ralph. Right now, our um... Uh, local public uh, broadcasting station or network I guess WCMU is having a uh, a fundraiser okay so they're they're on talking about their programming and and getting uh, people to donate for the for the program and everybody's heard a fundraiser on on public broadcasting before and if you pledge a hundred dollars you get something if you pledge two hundred dollars you can become a day sponsor if you Uh, Pledge more than that, whatever, and it just keeps going up. But this year, they're not calling it a fundraiser, they're calling it a food raiser. And so what happens is that as you make a pledge, you will then be able to identify some food that would go to a a regional food bank. Okay. Uh, Probably in your name. I don't know if it's in your name or not. Um, An example that they gave as I was driving in today was if you uh, uh, pledge... Um what was it? sixty dollars you know, okay. it uh, five dollars a month uh, you will uh, be able to feed eighteen people or uh, eighteen dinners for, okay for, that that was your reward now I'm really gonna follow this to see if uh, uh getting the the feeling the good feeling of being able to to be generous to to other people. Uh, is going to yield more than the whatever it is they were giving, the, the 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 water bottle or the coffee mug that they were previously giving.
0: Yeah, and and my take on that, Jim, is, you know, we have again an an old saying that's been used so often it's become a cliche and people really forget what it means. But you're good at cliches, Ralph. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's better to give than to receive. Uh huh. And. You know,
1: again, back to uh, Seligman, you know, yeah. Seligman's research on gratitude is uh, just that. You know, one of the things that they, they uh, talk about, positive psychology people talk about, is if you're feeling low, write a letter to somebody, you know, telling them how uh, uh, much they mean to you. You know, it's giving yeah. something away, but it apparently makes you feel uh, much, much better yeah so better to give than to receive no better to receive than to give no <laughs> no no tell me again
0: uh, better to give than to receive okay so be generous with your time your energy if you have uh money or the wherewithal to cook or bake or do something for people do that but um uh, you know when i look back at at uh, my childhood um, I do not remember um, great wads of gifts that I can say oh yeah I remember when I was 8 I got this and when I was 12 I got that and so on and so forth but I do remember with absolute warmth the happy memories that came from being with my family and knowing that they were happy and I was happy Mm -hmm. and the thing is that you know if you're if you're going to be with your family and sit there and be a grumpus um, your family will remember that 30 (laughs) years from now you know oh yeah I remember sitting there and Uncle Earl was just uh, you know he was just downing everybody's mood
1: Mm -hmm. you know so that's a new, another one to add to Sheila's list. Don't be a grumpus. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been sort of fun today, Ralph. Well, it's been very fun. Um, you know, looking at first of all some of the relationships between our emotions and maybe physical illness, and then looking at how to uh, how to deal with the uh, stressful t- um, uh, period that we're you know entering
0: into now—the period of um, uh,
1: pre the pre-Christmas
0: period. Yeah. And Jim, just to, to leave our listeners with you know, uh, a piece of free advice worth every dollar you're going to pay for it, uh, remember this: through Christmas, eat well, but not too much. Underdrink, um, get out and walk and enjoy yourself. So as we leave you today, this is Ralph. This is Jim. Saying, keep your stick on the
1: ice. Because we're all in this together." together.